You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy, in the future. Our episodes will be the intro. This is Melanie, and in the future, I'm going to be a commander of the Space Navy, and I'm going to fight space pirates, and it's going to rock. Thanks, Trump. And this is Jesse. In the future, family reunions will be held in virtual reality. So those awkward conversations with your creepy uncle, even creepier when you factor in the fact he might actually be attending the reunion in his underwear. We just don't know it. But, you know, I'd go to everything in my jammies. Everything. Yeah. So you would know because that's all I would ever wear. <laughs> like, I'm in my jammies. Your avatar <laughs> your avatar would have, your VR avatar would have jammies too, though. It would. would. <laughs> Be like, I wore my fancy jammies today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got your dress up jammies. These are my formal jammies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, this is VR. You could be wearing anything. I'm wearing jammies. That's what I want to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Virtually and reality. (laughs) That's why it's virtual reality. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, episode number 72, brother. Whoa, that got a gritty reboot at the end. (laughs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) Got a gritty reboot. (laughs) Right just at the end. Just the two. The two is like, whoa, (laughs) Zack Snyder cut right there. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's because it was confident. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't <laughs> it was confident, confident enough, but that's why the reboot. The reboot had to come back with more. It had to be darker, grittier, more confident. It had to go boot a baby. Reboot a baby. Yep. And now that number two will get its own little spinoff uh, movie, just like uh, just like the Joker from the Suicide Squad. Is that actually happening? What is the, me- what is the uh, deal with As that? far as I know, yeah. Now, are we talking... Is this the thing that supposedly Martin Scorsese is attached to, or is that some, no, something? No, no, that's happening too. This is uh, what's his name's Joker from the Suicide Squad. Jared Leto, Leto, Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto is going to have his own movie too. Well, that's because because everybody be... wanted more of that Joker. No, I was going to say everybody hated that Joker, so he they have to like, be like, <laughs> no, 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 I see, think the... that's the that's the world is... I lived in too. This is but... why you should like him. We're going to show you now in this other movie. That's what they're doing. Maybe you should have showed me in the other, the first movie he was yeah, in. Yeah, when we had less of him, and I, he still annoyed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a mess. Yeah, it's like my life. Wow, <laughs> your life is like a Jared Leto Joker movie. That's yeah. not. That's not a good thing. Well, I mean, w- wow. Sometimes it's fun. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you jumping out of helicopters and killing people with motorcycles or something. I don't know. Yeah. Getting tattoos on your forehead. Oh, yeah. Today, guys, what are we talking about today? Well, today is our poll list episode. It is. We're going to talk about Melanie's. This is Melanie's favorite comic book hero. Mm. She loves him. Okay, this is who, who is it now? Okay, <laughs> Barry, Barry the lead. <laughs> Anticipation. 
it's a poll list episode. So uh, we read a book that was voted on by listeners probably many years ago, but also recently had to, got pushed up to the top. And then we're we're also going to pick the next month's poll list book, which I have a feeling the last I saw will be something Melanie will be happy about. Mm-hmm. So first, some in-house news. Yes. Last week, a listener, if, if you're subscribed to us on iTunes or Spotify or any of that, Google Google Podcasts, do you have an Android device? Say, okay, Google, play the Grawlix podcast. You got to put a hard X in it or else it doesn't catch what it is. But And then add that to your podcast app. It'll pull it right up. Hopefully. Oh, Google's stupid, though. It's, it, it's yeah, it's, I'm telling you, just put the hard X on it. It'll figure it out. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise, YouTube will annotate your videos as the Grog's List podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of times it'll interpret things as garlic, uh, garlic something, and yeah. Yeah, the garlic podcast. The Grog's List. I like that. That should be another that spinoff. Was- the Grog's yeah, right. List podcast. That's what we'll do for Talk Like a Pirate Day. The Grog's yeah. List podcast. Is that a real thing? Yeah, there's... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. You got to think, think, think the internet. Oh, yeah. That's You're welcome. <laughs> okay, my, uh, my point is, listener, if you're subscribed to us, you might have already heard this, but if you're not... Uh, so we also have a movie podcast, The Grolic Cinematic Universe, and uh, last week... You can hear Jesse on it. What? Yeah. If you can time travel. Because That's this week surprising. you can hear last week's episode too. But... <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you said last week you can hear. And I'm like. Oh, oh, last week you could hear. You could also hear it this week. Yes. From last week. Right. That's what I was getting. Yeah. Or next week you could also it's listen to it. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesse joined me and Jasper. Normally it's me and Jasper on the show. Jesse joined us to talk about some. Thrilling movies. <laughs> they were they were thrilling and uh, timely. They were timely. No, yeah, we they weren't timely. We, we discussed. Well, they were about a timely topic, but not the timely topic of the movies. We just. What did we talk about? <laughs> we discussed uh, there's some movies that had to do with an ant and a wasp woman. I think it was. I don't know, listener. You, you maybe you've heard of it. Something to do with ants and wasps. Bugs. Hmm. It's like Bugs Life, only funnier. Those sound yeah. like some real marvels. Yep. <laughs> no, we we discussed Ants, a 1977 TV movie, and The Wasp Woman, a 1959 Roger Corman black and white monster flick. And I am campy, so they brought me in as an expert on camp. Maybe? <laughs> You're uh, Jesse's like our camp counselor of camp. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like it too. That was pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, you, that's all. You should listen to that after this if you haven't. Listened it was to it pretty. Yet. It was pretty epic. I mean, I don't know if you'll ever watch these movies uh, or if you'll enjoy these movies, but the discussion about these movies pretty pretty intense, pretty epic, mm-hmm. pretty bonkers. I mean, if you are gonna watch the movies, start with the Wasp Woman and just see how you feel after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there any other in-house news? That's the main thing I got. I'm not sure what else is happening the rest of the month. Did we ever get communications from anyone? Not Letters? recently. Okay. No. All right. No. Matt D has been busy. And, I mean, there has been c- communications, but he's been busy. And he didn't listen to our last month's uh, regular Grolix episodes because he had yet to see Infinity War. 
and those episodes are spoilers. Well, yeah. I feel kind of bad actually now because we give a spoiler warning at the beginning of the bites that we put this month. So he might not have listened to that either if he hasn't seen it. He's got Grolic Cinematic Universe. He can use yeah, listen to those. I know. I just you know. We are I, I we are want... back on track with our pull list here. So these are all comics that are not about movies. Yeah, that's true. Today, anyways. <laughs> Interestingly, there were some quotes in this that wound up in a movie. Right. Right. There's some yeah some stuff was pulled for uh, uh, Man of Steel. Oh. For sure. Well, now you just give away what we're, we're talking about. Jeez. Yeah, well, I mean, we announced it last month. <laughs> I know, I was kidding. And it's in the title of this, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's going to be in the title of this. <laughs> For people who read the episode titles, we've, yeah. We are burying the lead. <laughs> okay, so I, I, do we want to get to it, I guess? Well, don't we have to figure out? Yeah, we have to first announce what we're going to read next. Well, we, okay, what are we reading next? Is that where, is that where you were going? Yeah. Wow, we sound, we are on our game. <laughs> we are, we're totally on our game. So, if they go to the Grolix Podcast website, which is GrolixPodcast.com, they can vote on the poll list, and uh, you can even add stuff to the poll list. We've got a pretty good, uh, a healthy stable of things that you can choose from. And currently, what we'll be reading for next month, for August, is Saga with 33% of the vote. Nice. Ooh, and since we've already read the first book... Yeah, first trade, first volume, first yes. volume. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> then we get to read the second one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've had Saga. This is the second time Saga popped up on the list. Saga's so good. And the second time it's won. And this actually was added not that long ago and shot right to the top. So Because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe there was some tampering. I did not tamper. I know. I don't think there was tampering. I think it, people are just like, oh, yeah, okay, Saga. Because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, so we're going to read the second volume of Saga. I'm excited. I had not read past what we read last time, okay. even though I said I probably was going to. I did not. I, I started reading uh-huh. past because I wasn't sure where it ended. And uh, so this will just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to see where that went, where that led. It'd be interesting to do a follow-up like that at this point, years removed from the first episode where we talked about mm-hmm. uh, talked about it. Yeah, it's going to be our fun. Opinions change. Probably not. Well, no. It was just because it's good. It mm. is good. Even when, if, yeah, it's always good. It's just so good. And we're going to tell you how good it is next episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, Melanie hates it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I love? I love All-Star Superman. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the look on her face after she said that. Yeah, so this episode, what we're actually talking about is uh, All-Star Superman. Uh, that's what was the last month's winner. All-Star Superman was a 12-issue series from DC Comics. Uh, it ran from November 2005 to October 2008. Wow, really? So it was, did it come out sporadically? Yeah. 12 issues over a couple years? Well, it's like a Sandman or something. Yeah, probably. Written by Grant Morrison, drawn by Frank Quietly, and digitally inked, very obviously digitally inked, by Jamie Grant. What we, and these three were from We Three, right? Like they're the same creative team. Oh yeah, are they? I think I think you're right. I believe so. I believe I yeah, We Three, story. which we discussed a while back. That was great too. Yeah, yeah. Weaponizing pets. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And the future. DC claimed that the series would quote strip down the Man of Steel to his timeless essential elements. 
end quote. I don't know about all that. Okay, so it was released bi-monthly, so I'm assuming meaning since it took so long every other month or so. Interesting. Stripped him down to his essentials? I don't know that I, I feel that. No? Mm-hmm. I, I think I see what they were getting at. I mean, that's obviously their, like, their, from their pitch, their selling point, like, mm-hmm. what the series will be. So what this felt like, because Grant Morrison will do this once in a while. He'll take this angle with a character where it's like he's going to, for one, apply his Grant Morrison weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. Which I enjoy. But he's also going to like basically homage its roots, like the classic elements. There's a lot of like a lot of callbacks to, to just old school Superman things in this. Like right. the old guy in the robot mm-hmm. that at one point had got Lois Lane. That's straight out of like the old, they used to do that in the old uh, like 40s cartoons all the time Mm -hmm. where it was always some like mad scientist controlling a robot steal Lois Lane and Superman have to save her. Like they even, he did that nod. So there's a lot of stuff kind of like that. Except that guy had Alzheimer's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was a dark twist. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys, how how did either, okay, I know Melanie, you didn't read this before. No, no, I didn't. But Jesse, have you read this before? I hadn't, and uh, I'd heard that, it, like so many of these things that show up on the poll list, I'd heard great things about it, and I even had it in my collection because I knew that I needed to read it. And so uh, when it wins a poll list, that really helps uh, helps motivate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had, yeah. I had picked it up from uh, Jared at One Stop Comics, actually, I think it was last summer, maybe. Maybe a year later, boom, it's on my shelf, and we're reading it. Yeah, I had not read this before either. There is a DC animated movie based on this. Oh, I don't know if I would want that. It's I've seen it's how it. You do I don't, that. From what I recall, is they picked a few things out of this because mm-hmm. there's one thing specifically I remember in the movie before I read this that was in the book, and then like nothing else. I don't remember like hardly anything else from the book happening in the movie. So mm-hmm. it feels like they just picked maybe a couple plot points out of here, a couple of the feats or whatever Which it was. I suppose, he- I suppose I can kind of see what, what how you would do that because the way that, like, honestly, what I thought about this uh, book and the way that it's laid out, when they say they stripped it down, you know, like I do and I don't agree with that. Basically, the way it feels for me is like modern Doctor Who a little bit where it's like, okay, we're going to do a couple of episodes that, that are loosely tied into the big overarching theme, but basically they're just standalones on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have a couple, two or three parters. And then there are a couple that tie into what's been happening all season. And then we wrap it up with a huge season finale. That's very accurate. I would say. Yeah, no, it totally is. And at one point I was, uh, one of the things that really surprised me coming into this is because at first it's like, okay, this is definitely kind of, because even the first couple of somewhat standalone stories, are all tied together, like you said, two mm-hmm. or three parters. But then, like, once I hit the halfway point for sure, I was like, oh, some of these are, like, straight-up one-shots, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was a little surprised by that, but I didn't mind it. I was like, oh, so that basically they kind of got a limited-run series, and they're like, well, we're just going to... Because if it's... once you get into the middle of it, it just feels like a normal comic series. It doesn't necessarily feel like a strict miniseries does, because it does right. go on these little tangents, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it'll do a little flashback. There's a flashback type thing. and But even the flashback thing tied into, they're all relevant in a way. They're mm-hmm. loosely tied into. Except for Jimmy Olsen. 
Well, no, that was relevant yeah. too. Because I you get to so. see more of Project, and there's some nods there. But at the same time, it's like, what? Why has he got his own up ep- his own episode in this thing? And I, <laughs> I like the tone on that. <laughs> uh, well, and that ties in also to like stripping it back to his essentials. It's not. It's it's homaging old school Superman. His pal Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen had his own comic book series at several points in time. And who's that dude yeah. that is always? Cracking on Clark Kent. I don't even know who he is. At the, that oh, worked at the, the planet? The sports yeah. guy. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I was not I, for, I forget what his name is offhand, but he, that's basically his whole shtick. Cat Grant is always like, you know, commenting on how hot Superman is or how hot Clark is or whatever. And then uh, he's always Mr. Machismo. Yeah, he's a weird character. Yeah, he is. So the basic, uh, the basic outline of this thing. It opens and Superman is rescuing Dr. Quint, Quinto? Quint. He's rescuing these people from the solar expedition they're doing. And in doing so, he exposes his cells to too much sun, while at the same time it's made, made him smarter and more curious and stronger than he's ever been and all these other things. But at the same time, it's it's also killing him and basically give him sun cancer. And... uh his cells are dying off from sun overload. And then real kind of lazy, like introduction to like this, the series has this framing device kind of, or the structure device that is kind of lazily introduced through what I felt was the worst installment of it. But this future guy, I don't remember his name, basically told him like, you've done, you know, you're, you're going to die soon, but you do these things. And so each Pretty much each issue is him doing these things, but he's got to make sure he can accomplish these things before he dies. And uh, yeah, that's the book. So it's like Superman's bucket list. Basically. It's basically Superman's bucket list. And we all know how great that movie was. I've never watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. (laughs) So, okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, with a trifecta of people commenting on a movie that they've never seen. I liked it. I like this. I... I don't know you don't know i don't hate it mm-hmm. but i didn't l- like it either i like grant morrison in general but this just seemed like sloppy or something you seem very confused by parts of it that i'm not i don't understand why i wasn't necessarily confused mm-hmm. i just didn't understand why it was there and how it affected anything in the book because it didn't seem like it did it's like they just tossed some crap on there to have some crap there mm. Okay. Well, that was part of it. And there were some times that I thought it contra- contradicted itself, but that could be inaccurate too. Like Superman from the future was there, but Superman died. It wasn't Superman from the future though. No, it was Superman from the future. That's why he had to wrap himself up so that current Superman wouldn't know that that was Superman of him from the well, future, it was, which it was, was in the future Superman, of the book. It was like Superman from the present of the book went back in time to the Smallville flashback. But I thought he was from 20 something AD. Am I wrong? I think he was from the. That was his costume. He, he was the quote unquote unknown Superman, but he was actually just the Superman we'd been reading about. I'm gonna I'm gonna check on that. That seems inaccurate. See, yeah, Melanie had these weird issues with it. There's some stuff in it I didn't really care for, and it's the stuff that I also didn't care for in the movie, uh, the animated movie that I saw. I love the setup of Lois getting her birthday present. Her weird paranoid. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. The whole thing. I thought that was great. And then it just got, like, that whole issue just gets thrown away with one, like, little, like, 
oh yeah, no, you were exposed to this that causes del- paranoid delusions and this and that. And I was like, oh, okay. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. he gives her like a 24-hour super stuff. So he she has powers like he does. And that just definitely does not get used like I expected it would. Right. Okay. I think I was confusing him with the other guy. Still, I don't like it. Why? Why are there 5,000 freaking Supermans in the freaking book? Well, it's Grant Morrison. I don't know, but I like Grant Morrison in general. Maybe my problem is that one Superman is kind of too much for me sometimes. So like a dozen Supermans is really hard for me to handle. But they're not in it that much. Well, there's several of them from all over the place, though. There's future ones. There's Bizarro World ones. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, okay. There's Mitzoplik ones. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the whole Bizarro thing. There's like a world of Superman, basically. It's. I forgot about that. That, that I, I can Zabar- see that. Zabarro. <laughs> that little bit being, yeah, yeah, Zabarro. You know, like Bizarro uh, comics, I, I like them. But they are so hard to read. And when you have multiple issues of it, it's just like, oh, I am done with this. <laughs> Can yeah. he leave now? Like, I get it. But, like, it's hard for me to read this and flip it for too too darn long. There's definitely stuff. And, like, in the Bizarro World issues, I like the setup of that. I love the weird Grant Morrison concept around where this place comes from. I love the Underverse Mm-hmm. Yeah, and where time itself is like freezes to a solid or something like that. Just this weird concepts. There's lots of that throughout this. I loved it. And anytime they go to a Doctor Quinto in his Technicolor dream petticoat or whatever, <laughs> anytime they go to him, like just the weird, like th- just thrown out there lines of like, oh, we've been doing this over here and this over here and this over here, and it's always like the most bizarre, like. Very Grant Morrison, hyper beyond science fiction, like just drugged out science fiction concepts, you know, just weird things. I love that stuff. He definitely writes characters that are abrasive so well, because I just want to punch a lot of these people. (laughs) You know, like Quinto sometimes. He's generally benevolent, but I kind of want to punch him sometimes. Uh, Lex Luthor, definitely want to punch that guy. And, uh, I mean, you're supposed to want to, but anyways, and then like when we have other Kryptonians show up, kind of want to punch them. Even the mayor of, of Bizarro town kind of want to punch him. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I wanted to punch Lois Lane. Yeah. 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 And, uh, she dude, was dude, dude, bro, uh, dude, bro, Jimmy Olsen, when he becomes like, he, he gets all this power. He's like, uh, we really shouldn't do this, but I'm going to, I need to go toe to toe against Superman. So I'm going to become doomsday, but I'm kind of a dude, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost easier to like, so there's the overarching thing, but it's almost easier to break this into like, it's either individual issues or arcs or whatever. And just kind of talk about a couple of those that we liked. I think, what were your favorite stories in this? Your favorite installments? Uh, I'll start, I guess. <laughs> I really liked, <laughs> surprisingly, I really liked the Lex Luthor one, the Lex Luthor story with Clark Kent in the, uh, that's one thing I really, I'm sidetracking myself. That's one thing I really appreciated about this is how he handles Clark Kent, because it seems like at least in of the stuff that I've read, which is not admittedly not a lot, but you know, a lot of the Justice League or Superman or Action Comics, you don't actually get a lot of like old school bumbling Clark Kent you get right. Superman and you get just Clark Kent being regular Superman Clark Kent, I guess. But uh, 
you get the super bumbling Clark Kent, the old school, like mm-hmm. nerdy, big oaf. And I think between the artwork, especially in the artwork, Frank Quietly's artwork, but also like the writing and stuff, it's just, per- I like how it's handled here to where he is obviously bumbling and awkward, but then every time he bumbles, it's usually to save somebody and done in a way so that like people watching don't notice that he's actually saving people. They just think he's being a, an oaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I really liked that issue in particular too, because it's, it's, I also like in how they deal with Clark Kent, what I really enjoy about it is like, yeah, nobody, and still nobody knows it's Sue. He's Superman. And even when he flat out tells people he's Superman, Lois spends a better part of that first issue or two issues or whatever. But what about the time where, well, that was Batman. What what about the time when, you know, like she just isn't sold that he's Superman, even though he's flat out told her he's like, she's just convinced this is another Superman trick. It almost seems like she never buys that he was Clark Kent. And Lex just doesn't even notice. He can't be bothered to notice that crap. No, like Lex kind of likes Clark Kent because Clark Kent is the human embodiment of everything Superman's not. Right. The embodiment of everything that makes humans humans, although he would hate hate those humans, though. Right. I really liked the Lex Luthor issue because I liked the, I liked the go-between between Clark Kent and Lex Luthor. And I like the fact that, though Lex Luthor really is just completely stuck on hating Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just blindly stuck on hating Superman. Oh, and the eyebrow thing. <laughs> that was great. That was great. You you don't remember, Melanie? Yeah, I remember the eyebrow thing. He, he takes Clark when he, I like that he like made an escape route just to show like, I can get out of here anytime I want. But he takes Clark Kent down through there and introduces him to, it's his niece or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she she's like, Eyebrow, Lexi, eyebrow. And at first I was thrown. And then like he hides his face and then comes back and he's drawn on crudely an eyebrow that he was missing. And I didn't even notice. But yeah, if you flip back a couple pages, he was missing the eyebrow. And I don't remember where it like at what point it disappeared. (laughs) But it's all like crazy and obviously a drawn on. But while he's doing it, he says, you know, what are you looking at, Kent? And he's like, he's like. Oh, nothing. I can't see anything. I don't have my glasses or something like that. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's a good moment. It's funny. And I was not expecting it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I missed that. Yeah. You slept through parts of this. I think you slept through big parts of this. Well, that's toward the end, though. So I should have been awake. That's in the middle. Well, okay. When I left the house, I was only on the fourth episode or issue. Yeah. You missed what, to me, were memorable parts. But maybe you just didn't. Like, weren't keen on it, you know. Well, that could be. Maybe I went on into it with a bad attitude or something. I, I still, I still didn't like it though. I, I was unsure of how you this was going to strike you because on the one hand, like it's Superman, mm-hmm. and it does call back to some of the like super, some of the cheesier elements of Superman. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's Grant Morrison, and there's a lot of weird Grant Morrison stuff in it. I, I know, but I like like looking through it. I can't even find an issue that I could say I liked more than the others because I didn't really like any of them. Really? So I'm just, I changed my mind. I, I didn't like it. That's fine. You don't have to like it. Okay, good. Jesse, what were your, some of your, what was your favorite, some of your favorite bits? Aside from like the Lex Luthor stuff and the Clark Kent stuff, I did like the concept of a bizarro that's, that's a bizarro bizarro. Zibaro. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I wrote this poetry 
<laughs> you know, I'm like he he uh, understands beauty and all this stuff, and they just hate him. They're just jerks, super big bullies about it. They were jerks and bullies, and they'd make fun of him. I thought that was kind of funny. But also, Zabaro ends up getting annoying because he's just like the, so did you read my poetry? Have you read it? You didn't read it, did you? <laughs> it's like, oh, come the, on. Like, you went from being the normal Bizarro to the emo Bizarro. <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. He does, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. But then again, Superman does the thing that he does several times in this thing. And he's like, oh, well, if I get a chance to save you, I'll save you. But got to go worry about myself right now. Dude, I must say, okay, so like Superman write, went back and and righted some of his wrongs, like figured, finally figured out some type of solution for the bottle city of Candor. And that was that. crazy. I, I, do, I do appreciate some of that because it's like, okay, uh, you know, Grant Morrison just was like, oh, here's how it should have ended. Boom. Like that whole web series on YouTube, how it should have ended. You know, yeah. it was like, oh, why, why did, why did uh, Superman never figure out that they're just fine? Just let them not be in a bottle. Yeah, exactly. Just so put they're them on small. a different planet. Boom, done. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Melanie, you're right in that Superman is a jerk to Zabraro. Yeah. Because it's, even while reading it, I'm like, he's not coming back to for you, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> He's just once out of there, and he needs out of there quick, and you're you're boned, buddy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of a jerk thing to do. And I guess he saved the bottle people, but didn't he do something to the that one couple? He did the weird glass other plane or something. Well, he the Phantom Zone, yeah, yeah. They were dying though. Mm-hmm. He kind of saved he, them by sending. That was them. his way to save them from just totally just straight out dying. But also like. They were jerks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were jerks. And he, like, what he did do was still, to them anyway, like, a, a kindness. Or he could have just had his little people go in and take all the cancer out of them, like, you know, they tried to do for him, but probably would have worked for those other people. Yeah, he didn't dis- He didn't figure that out until later, though. Yeah. Mm, convenient, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know. There's uh, There was a lot of little things that I liked about it, and then there were other things where I was like, what? that that wrapped up pretty fast <laughs> like jimmy olsen is doomsday for what two pages <laughs> yeah yeah three pages maybe i don't know and then and then he's just do he's just uh jimmy olsen again only he gets to write things on the moon like chairface chippendale <laughs> that's true yep yep i don't know i don't follow superman so i don't know when he got a magic watch that makes him capable of doing all these special things but that was kind of annoying to me it's not really a magic watch it's just it it summons Superman. And blimps and other random things. The blimps he called in a favor from somebody. With his magic watch. Was it? It's a smartwatch. You know, he's a hacker. Like, they, they played up the, like, Jimmy Olsen can hack any firewall. You know, he's they, uh, <laughs> yeah. they play up the hacker thing, which I think is, I don't know when that started. Obviously, at some point, I'm guessing maybe. They had to make it useful for something, you know. Yeah. You can't just take pictures forever. But that's something I've noticed in modern comics, too, that when he's in there, which is not very often, he's like a computer whiz guy now. I don't see why he can't take pictures forever. Lois just gets to be a rude, bad word forever. Melanie, she's a strong woman. I, there's lots of strong women <laughs> that aren't rude and pushy. That Well, that's Lois, though. She she is pushy. She's the, she's the you know, 
what can I say? I can't say anything that's not like kind of a sexist holdover from, you know, the, the 40s. Yeah. She's a firecracker, that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, she's she is. She's a, a fiery r- investigative reporter. She's a nosy reporter. Yeah. If anything, that's what I missed about Lois Lane in these most recent movies. It's like, I don't, I, I can't remember what's her name that plays Lois in Man of Steel and Amy Adams. Yes. I'm just not sold on her as Lois Lane. But she went to some scary country to get an interview. Yeah, that's the most Lois Lane thing she did. And it was in the opening scenes of the second movie. And it's only because she, I think, only, maybe not only. And they cut half of it. And it resulted in Jimmy Olsen getting getting shot in the face. Yeah. And a bunch of Superman killing some people. Right. (laughs) Or at least the one guy, which they say he didn't actually kill, but I don't care. You throw a normal human through a brick wall at like light speed <laughs> it liquefies he's done yeah. yeah he's yeah. done there's no physics in comic book world <laughs> that's the one thing like reading this like it's it strikes me it's there's certain things that i accept and i'm fine with and i'm like yeah even though it's ridiculous and it's it's not only comic book logic but it's sci-fi logic but also like grant morrison sci-fi logic and i can buy it right. but then there's other aspects where like where i'm like that doesn't make sense to me i don't buy it the whole bizarro <laughs> world period like why bizarro world in itself doesn't make sense why would the world like then create a bunch of supermen specifically superman bizarro specifically it's so strange well they said they explained that i I mean not that the bizarro world makes sense but if you thought it did it said that it was making superman because he was there and it was like oh it was he was the first one they come across huh well they were trying to copy him so that they could get to him so we feel comfortable because there are more hymns and there's like, you know, antibodies or something pretending to be. I did like the idea of this, killing. this planet that was mimicking earth so that it could like sneak up and like yeah. assimilate it. <laughs> just the yeah, idea yeah. that it was like looking like earth to be like, I'm just like you don't, don't be alarmed. Like it's an organism. I thought that was great. Yeah. But that's especially <laughs> kind of awesome if you consider that it's a bizarre world. So it's a little dumb. It's and- a cube. <laughs> But it, that it thinks that that would be a normal thing to happen in the first place. Uh, yep. Yeah, I I like the opening. I'm assuming it was that an issue. But I like the opening of that one specifically because you don't know what's going on. It's just like Superman's flying. And I, I figured it out later, but it was he went and let the Sun Eater creature go. But the way I first read it was like he was just flying through space. Then he comes across this like weird black tentacled thing. And he's like, huh. And then he flies off, and then all of a sudden these like weird blobby gray men are flying at him, and he's fighting them off. I'm like, is that what it's like with Superman? You just fly around and come across <laughs> weirdness and creepy creatures attack you. And but it, they both actually make sense now. It, it wasn't just random. I also like that uh, the sun creature he like mm-hmm. was attached to it. Oh, that was another thing where my mind was just like, what? <laughs> he's telling her about the sun, the the sun eater. And she's like, what do you feed it? And he's like, sons, of course. I make them right here on my, <laughs> yes. on my what is it called? The uh, Something anvil, like a co- infi- uh, something. cosmic anvil. It, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I kind of love that. You know, we don't all have to love this book. Melanie, so you did, you did not have favorite things to talk about. What, what, are, what are some of your criticisms of this? Besides the fact that there's too many Supermans? Besides the fact that there's too many Supermans. I didn't care for Lois, but I never really have, mm-hmm. honestly. 
I didn't like, I mean, maybe I don't really, I don't read Superman, so I don't know. Maybe they're important in more current things, but I didn't like Lex Luthor's niece and I didn't understand why she was necessary. And I just thought that was dumb to have her there at all. I feel like the niece thing was kind of amusing joke. Like the joke is, you know, she's going to take over the world someday and she's, you know, she's evil, but she's whatever. But also Grant Morrison just likes to have, you know, punky characters in his stories. Mm-hmm. I also felt like she was a pastiche to like the campy underlings that like Lex Luthor would have in the Superman movies, maybe. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but you know, like seems like there was always some kind of, you know, just kind of, I mean, kind of dopey in a sense. And she's not dopey. Like she's sort of smart or, I mean, she, she had some, she has some like intelligence or whatnot to her, but she's more like gimmicky than anything. She's like super emo, super genius villain wannabe in training. (laughs) They are now mowing right by my windows. So, (laughs) so listener, if you hear weird sounds, I'm sorry. Podedit.com aside, I cannot remove certain things like a strange sounding lawnmower, probably seven feet away from the microphone. (laughs) Maybe less than that even. Less than that? Yeah. It's like right outside the window. Well, Melanie, you you didn't really care for this. No. And Jesse, you said you did like it, but the impression was I get from both of you guys that you guys do not agree with the general praise that this book gets. Yeah. Like some people consider it the best Superman yeah, stories. I, I'm okay with it getting praise. I think it's a good work overall, but I I I get this impression that a lot of people think that if you're going to, you know, try to steer modern uh, modern readers towards Superman, that this is the book you'd give them. And I don't think that's, I don't agree with that summation. I, I wouldn't agree that this is the, like the greatest Superman story because it's made up of Superman tropes and homages to Superman stuff. And it's hard to say like, that's the greatest Superman story because it's, it's a lot of homages to other Superman stories. So how can it be the greatest story when it's not even like original type stuff? Is that what you're saying? And there's original ideas in it, but yeah, I don't know. It just feels, I don't know that. that so maybe seems this is a work, uh, you know, like maybe this is a, a work for true Superman fans. And the reason I'm not getting totally on board with it is I'm, I'm not like a huge Superman fan. I'm like a, I don't know, a fair weather fan. Maybe there are some good Superman stories out there that I really enjoy but I don't. I'm I can't say that I was ever like someone who subscribed and bought every issue for long periods of time. So that's the kind of reader I am of Superman. And so maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is for the people who really quote unquote get Superman. I enjoyed this quite a lot, but I think I enjoyed it for the Grant Morrison isms. Okay, would, would you guys recommend this? Wow, this this conversation is. <laughs> Something, man. It's something. <laughs> Melanie, Re- review you, our review. Who would you recommend this to? People who like Superman. Really? Okay. You would recommend it to people that like Superman then? Yeah. Yeah, I would. They'd have to. I mean, I don't care for Superman myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are like super fond of him. We're not Superman fan, no. super fans? No, we're not super, super fans. If someone was a big Superman fan, they'd probably love it. They'd probably eat it up. So have fun with that, you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's got some great uh, Lex Luthor moments in it, so I'd say anybody that really 
digs that dynamic that really likes that um, back and forth between them. There's some pretty solid moments in here. So, yeah, again, I guess you got to be a Superman fan. <laughs> I would recommend this to not all but most readers i think i think if you're a superman fan and you haven't read it you should definitely read it um i think if you're a grant morrison fan and you haven't read it you should definitely read it i think if you're a general comic book reader i still say you should read it i think it's interesting melanie you didn't like it but um i think i think it would still appeal to a lot of people i i would say everybody should read everything because it the more you know you know the that's great should but if i was like oh you you really need to read this, trying to convince somebody to come and become a comic book aficionado. They'd have to really like Superman for me to sell, point them here. Otherwise, I'd send them to some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this was Superman at his, like, most powerful and least powerful at the same time. And that's so that's a really bizarre – Superman's a bizarre character to wrap, his, wrap your head around anyways because of how powerful he is. But then make him even more powerful and – uh, give him like additional abilities that are and are not fleshed out at all. Yeah, like uh, how? Okay, when he when he went to die, I have this this question real quick. Okay, his cells are dying off or something maybe, but then he he's going to die by turning into pure energy. But that's not dying. That's that's turning into Mister Manhattan, which is like better than Superman even. So except he's blue. <laughs> but who watches? <laughs> who watches? <him? laughs> Who watches the Superman? Who watches the Superman? Lois Lane. She sits on a bench, and and just and she's just in denial nonstop. Like no, yeah, he's not dead. Yeah. He's not dead. I'm just waiting. Mm-hmm. I'm just watching well, for the he, for the Watchman. He Superman. ascended. He ascended. Okay, so I want to I want to read one of my favorite parts. I okay. sent Melanie had no reaction to this after I sent her this message, but I sent her a screenshot of this. Um, it's towards the very beginning. It's like just a couple of pages in. When he, when Superman's first going to save these people on the uh, the little sun spaceship, mm-hmm. because not only are they going to crash into the sun or something, but Luthor has some type of genetically modified human mutant uh, suicide bomber on there, who's about to explode, and Superman's trying to pull him out of there so he doesn't explode and kill them, and the guy says, I just I really like this, the guy says that's about to explode. The purpose of my existence is to explode. You have no right. You have no. You have no right to limit my ambitions, fascist. No right at all to stand in the way of my self-realization. I just love that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> no, it was funny. I liked it too. I was a little worried because there's a that Doctor Quint, like one of the f- first panels, mm. has just a terrible line. I was like, oh, what's this? What's the tone of this about? <laughs> Fear is the sauce on the stick of life. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it really, it really yeah. doesn't take that like that extremely super cheesy tone. I mean, it's a little cheesy, but that guy always kind of felt like the um, what do you call him? The albino guy from uh, from Venture Brothers. Really? Yeah, he kind of get he had that feel for me, and I can see I can see that guy saying that in like a monotone thing anyway so this guy does seem like he's out of venture he's straight out of venture brothers yeah he is very much an exaggerated he's like a a grant morrison exaggerated take on who is it mr fantastic or whatever oh like a reed richards type Mm -hmm. yeah reed richards yeah and at first that's kind of what i was like is this wait who's these people because the one guy started like mutating but i thought it was going to be kind of a riff on fantastic four but that's not the case Mm. 
art. Let's talk about art real quick. We I don't think we got actually got a hit on that. I know the review's like over, but Frank Quietly's style is strange. I I think for the most part it looks good. I think the panel layouts are interesting. Um, the faces are a little strange to me. That's I think where the strangeness is. My biggest criticism of it is technically the coloring is fantastic, but at the same time extremely ugly to me. A super heavy reliance on digital gradients, I think, does not necessarily. It doesn't look great to me. This is super digital looking uh-huh. in the coloring. I mean, on the like on the one hand, like technically it looks great, but on the other hand, like aesthetically it's just not it's it's upsetting to my eye (laughs) like that one guy's technicolor coat thing Uh it's just too perfectly technicolored like 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 as if you actually had a it's totally a photoshop gradient of like these colors yeah yeah Yeah. i feel like comics like i know they still i know a lot of like a lot of people still digitally color the comics but i feel like people have figured out how to make it look more organic yeah, the brushes still, have uh, mm-hmm. evolved quite a bit. Whereas that's a that's a very common technique that uh, people were using, which was mm-hmm. to just yeah take a gradient and then they would just almost uh, like a cell shading type of technique where they would erase out the bits they don't like, but you're leaving a gradient in there instead of adjusting your colors on the fly like you would with an actual brush. I realized I have another criticism too. We have another criticism. Yes. Why are female villains always drawn like Because <laughs> it's bothersome to me. Who's the villain? Who's the female villain? Oh, is it the niece? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What, the, the, that's a kind of a comic book issue. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they need to break out of the box and make a big fat comic book villain that's still attractive and not sexualized and not wearing a bustier and some freaking thigh-high boots. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Try that out once in a while. I mean that one, oh, like that one mean lady from Argus. That lady, she's okay if she was a villain. Amanda Waller. Yeah. Mm, okay. In 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 the comic book though, not in the real. In the comics. Yeah. And, and kind of like that. I mean, that's kind of one of the good things about one of the few good things about Suicide Squad movie, right? Like, right. The Amanda Waller casting was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and they wrote her well. I mean, like, she was one of the few parts of the movie that was kind of a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. But before then, they had started making her, like, much younger and attractive looking. Yeah, know? I know. It, which I don't understand why, but... Because they do it to everybody. Yeah. Well, Amanda Waller in uh, what the Arrow show, she's nothing like the Amanda Waller from the comics. She's almost like some hip, young, attractive CW actor (laughs) do we want to do tv talk or i feel like we'd just be all over the place (laughs) Uh, yeah and we'd be competing with the weed whacker it sounds like now yeah i don't know what's going on out there this episode's gonna be a mess sonically and (laughs) sorry it's not your fault sonically (laughs) sonically and conceptually Uh, doctor who they'd be able to fix everything when's (laughs) doctor who coming it's in the fall isn't it god it needs to get here I don't know. I'm scared for it. I'm uh, watching. Okay, so watching Broad Broadchurch. Church. Yeah, you're so as season one, you're like, oh, it's gonna be brilliant. Season two, you're like, I don't know. I don't know if watching Broadchurch has made. On one hand, it especially season one, I did feel better. I was like, this is obviously not any kind of tone they're gonna take with Doctor Who, right? But like, just 
everybody like the the cast everybody was great and the, it was so well made season two's not bad but it's a little bit more generic so like there's i mean at least they got quality people in there yeah mm-hmm. so if she can act her Jeez. butt off of some uh skin eyeball crusties then well the showrunner isn't that who it is the, the eyeball crust guy no 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 oh, no uh, mark gatiss okay. uh, no although thankfully not Chib- him no chibnall has written some episodes in the universe mm-hmm. oh the countdowns that's right right he is the ca- guy that likes the countdowns isn't he yeah I, I'm not a fan of like any of the episodes actually he's written in the past, but <laughs> for Doctor Who, right? That that, that I can think of because he did the Power of Three, and that episode was kind of a mess. Oh God, yeah, it with was. the cubes, yeah. Like it's interesting idea, but then it just like there's fun was a moments, mess. but like the episode as a whole is like, what were you, th- what were you going for? I can't, I don't even know. Exactly. What were you going for is perfect. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it just did not come. Whatever you were going for, it kind of did not come together. Mm-hmm. And then he did the Torchwood episode with the female, um, it was Cyberwoman, I think was the name of it. Oh, yeah. yeah Sexualizing Cybermen. <laughs> yeah. It was a little weird. I don't know as to the quality of writer he is, but maybe he's better as a showrunner. Like, whereas like the, the Moffat is. I think a better writer. Yeah, if he when has, he has somebody, time and editors. When he has time and yeah, exactly. If when he has supervision, but maybe not the best supervisor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe that's the case with Chimnall. I don't know. Let's hope so. We're this time next year. We're gonna hate him. We're gonna be complaining about him on an episode of Grog's podcast. Who is the guy? Well, yeah, I guess we did complain about the guy before. Maybe not, but not so much. I don't think we were doing Russell we, T Davies. We weren't like we weren't. Actively, yeah, was, I mean, like he had he had already gone on. Matt Smith was well into his era when we started. By the time we started Grolic, so well, we I would have had complaints about Russell T Davies too. Oh, yeah. There's some rough. There's, there's some so yeah. There's some tough stuff, especially the first couple seasons. There's some rough episodes with the there. cactus people and the end of time. The end of time in general. Ooh, <laughs> um, the Sims master turning everyone in the world into him. I. Uh, the farting aliens in season one. Oh God, yeah, yeah. There's some rough stuff. No, well, they didn't have a budget to work with back then, <laughs> so they had to write farting aliens. Yep, so <laughs> they could get take get anybody to do for peanuts and gum, bubble gum. <laughs> That's how they. <laughs> peanuts the, and bubble listen, gum. Listen, this is the BBC. We pay you in bubble gum. Get ready. <laughs> well, they already spent all their, you know, budget on other things. There's every, there's iffy episodes of every Doctor Who era, though. Oh, for yeah. sure. S- some more than others. Like, obviously, if the show was crap, we wouldn't still be talking about it. I like it. I like it a lot. So, well, the J- JNT is credited with one of the best stories of all time, at least voted on by fans. And yet he's the guy that ruined Doctor Who, ultimately. You know, he's the one that, that kind of caused it to get canceled in the first place. Oh, yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say, you have to love Doctor Who now. You put too much time and energy into it. <laughs> I, yeah. I put a lot of hours into it. I rewatched a, a third, fourth, third Doctor adventure not long ago. Mm-hmm. It was one of the Auton ones. And listen, I, like, I enjoyed it. The Master... Not the Briar's Crayon in the box at <laughs> no. that period, point in time. At, at any point well, in time? That was, because, that was probably his first one, wasn't it? Was that his first uh, uh, 
If, if it's the Autons and the Master, I think that's his very first uh, appearance. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while since I ran through, watched through all of them. And it, I guess it introduces him, like it gives him an introduction kind of a who of who he is, but like he's just so like there and the doctor's like, oh, the master, huh? So like I kind of thought, oh, he's already been introduced, but no, you're probably right. But here's the thing. So the, the joke with the master is he always gets these like, he helps some other threat, some other threat force to invade earth. And his idea is what, like they're going to invade earth and then the master's going to take them over somehow or something. But then he's always like, wait, this was a bad idea. Yeah. In this first one, it is like ridiculous. It, I The first time I watched it, it didn't even strike me as this ridiculous. It's literally like his plan is working. Like this, what he's worked this whole, like his entire plan, it's working. They're, the the uh, Nestine consciousness is, they're coming down into the satellites. Like right. this is what he, this was his entire plan. And then it's happening and the doctor's like, do you really think they're gonna let they're gonna let you live too? And he's like, "You're right. We need to stop this." And it's like, <laughs> that's yeah. how quick he flips, yeah. And like they, that, yeah. there's like no reason for it other than it's like, yeah. Did you not think of that? Well, that's the thing, though. He's done it so many times. Obviously, he doesn't really think. He's just doing things. He he would remember maybe <laughs> that this has happened like forty times prior to this, and I shouldn't do this thing. Uh huh. Same way. No, you know, but no. Yeah, that, think. the flip is so fast, and it doesn't make sense. It's like, why would you do any of this then? Like, you knew this was what was going to happen. And he's insane anyway. That's true. I don't know. Maybe Doctor Who did it to him in the in their time tube with some drums, but <laughs> the sound something's wrong with him. Like... We should have talked about Doctor Who this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have we just did. Better. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's true. All right. Yeah, okay, I know. I'm sorry. I I don't know how this episode will come across, but that's what we got. It'll come across as awkward and fun, just like us. Yes, all the time, awkward and fun. Yep. Uh, letters page. I don't believe we have any letters right now, but if you, listener, want to send us a letter, send us an email, or uh, record yourself a, into a capture your vocal likeness in an MP3 and send it our way, you can do so at letters at grolixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X, grolixpodcast.com. Uh, you can also send us a, you know, send a, leave a voicemail at a phone number. I don't remember offhand. Something, something, something for comics. Something. That I don't, I'll, I'll just cut or it in. Or something, 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 something. And then you have another number that you use. It's like 8432 or. Yeah, there's like the full number and then the something, 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 something for comics. We need we need to just have a pre-recorded like four three two and like you know it sounds all rough <laughs> oh yeah. yeah like a computer or voice. I'll even get like an automated voice yeah like an automated voice like if yeah. it was a yeah okay I'll do it I'll make that happen you need to have certain words that we just say in a weird way once and record it and then every time it comes up you just play that it's like you know like one of the little push button things okay here we go a soundboard five five nine four two six Six, four, two, seven, five, five, nine, four. Comics. Italian. Sorry. <laughs> Comics. What of me now? <laughs> I think they oh, yeah, were yeah. Italian. Is it, what was it? Alias. A- <laughs> <laughs> alias. <laughs> <laughs> Some alias. 
<laughs> hey, have you seen that that crazy sci-fi movie, Aliens? <laughs> it's a good one. Hey, everybody, it's DJ Johnny Rock, and I want to let you guys know you got to tune into this great podcast on the EMC Podcast Network. It's called Doctor Who Dark Journey. It's one of my favorite audio dramas. In fact, I'm here with the writer, creator, and star of Doctor Who Dark Journey, Andrew Chompers. Yo, what's up? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with hey, you. I hope you don't mind. I came to visit your work. And is, is that cool? Is that, is that all right? right? Yeah, well... You got time, right? Yeah, well, I, I do now. Yeah, I'm basically imprisoned, but I'm fine. Yeah, so I wanted to say, you know what? Thank you for everything that you do for Doctor Who and for fandom and bringing together Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes. I love it. I love your audio drama. Can I be in the next one? Uh... We can discuss that at a later date. And Neil, too. He wants, like, a small part. Well, he's... He can be, like, a guy on the street or something who shouts out, Hey, Doctor Who! Or whatever. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, it, it's the Doctor Who. Hey, Doctor Who! He wouldn't shout Stop out... Stop stealing the money with the sonic screwdriver. Remember when you did that? You put the sonic yeah, yeah, screwdriver yeah, yeah. on all the money. First of all, he's shot out. The, he's called the Doctor. He's not called Doctor Who. So he would be the he would shout wow. out the doctor. I've seen the war machines, so stop. I know, but he's not. That's we, not we that that's what they say. An anomaly, yeah. But that's uh, you know normally normally we we do that. We call it the doctor. So you're the doctor, doctor, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, tricky. Uh, this is a hard question for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Peter Cushing or Ron Atkinson, favorite doctor? Um, pick. I would pick, pick, pick. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Yeah, well, I would probably say um, Vincent Price. I don't think I saw any of his. Were they in black and white? Yeah, they had a steak. Did with they them. find those in Africa? Were they? They were after they those. They got those. They were actually the found tapes? in uh, Aberdeen, Scotland. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It was very, very good. There was just a crate of them lying there, and they thought it was filled with shortbread. Yeah. And they just went to get oh. a wee bit of shortbread and yeah. they found all these episodes, That's which nice. was nice. Yeah. Are they going to colorize them? Uh, I don't like to bring race into this. You know, okay. yeah. um, but I would hope so eventually. Yeah, you got to be careful these days. You know, no, you don't want to do anything. Yeah, no, you don't want to do anything too controversial. Yeah. So yeah. we just burned them. Okay, <laughs> so good. That's it. You know, Neil and I sometimes do the same thing with yeah. drinking in the park, which also wears on the EMC podcast. It network. does, and I love that show. You do? I love it. You know why I love that show? Why do you love it? Because I'm not really on it, so I don't get accosted like this. You have to go back to work now. Um, yeah, and would you not mention the fact that I have to work? I'm kind of creating this thing that I'm an actor. Oh, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. Do you have to go back into your trailer now, Mr. Chompers? Yeah, I do. I think I hear makeup calling for you. That's the manager of the dollar store, but I just... Mr. Chompers, <laughs> the makeup! That's, yeah. That was them. Yeah, because totally. I got... Because I'm doing yeah, a lot of... You should I'm go doing and... a lot of touring and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Are you going to so... be in the EMC parade next week? Uh, the Christmas parade? I'm going to be in the parade. Nice. Well, I, maybe I have to work night okay. in the warehouse, but... Don't... don't... You're no, but I can illusion. still. I know what I can still do it. What are you doing? I don't know. I'll just fall in. So. It's a good idea. It's gonna be good. I do that all the time. It's when I gotta do good. something important, yeah, or I have like something I don't feel like going to work, I just phone in sick. I'm like, forget it. Yeah, forget it. Oh, I think my kidney hurts. Something like that. That reminds me. Neil said you're looking for a job at the moment. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and yeah. A, and a new kidney. Yeah, and a, new, being available? and a new kidney. Well, I told you, don't drive around Markham. You know what I mean? Okay. There's a lot of traffickers there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening to the EMC Podcast Network. Be Always sure a pleasure. to check out not you. Oh, okay. Be sure to check out 
Doctor Who Dark Journey. Yeah, Doctor Who Dark Journey. On the ear. What are you doing? I'm just doing a little bit of your What do you mean? You know, what stick? DJ Johnny Rock, Doctor Who Dark Journey. It's not stick, that's me. I sound a bit German. Check out Doctor Who Dark Journey. Right on? Right on. Check out Doctor Who Dark Journey on. I just said that. Okay. I just said that. What he said. EMC. EMC. Squared. It's like the formula. Yeah, but E equals MC? I don't think they're doing I don't think they're marketing. So it I, that didn't, way. I should have said that. No, you shouldn't have said no, that. I'm sorry. No, you're making a lot of work for these guys. I'm, I'm making a lot They're working I'm, hard, I'm, putting out our podcasts every week and pumping them yeah, out and stuff. And I'm, I'm the artwork, and then the you're misquoting the brand. Like you don't know what the brand is. I know, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. I really pity the person who's going to edit this. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. This is Randy. Grolix the Polarity. This is Jesse. It all fits somehow. His coming here to Metropolis at this particular time, there's a kind of cruel justice about it. I mean, to commit the Grolics of the century, a man naturally wants to face the challenge of the century. I'm Melanie. Grolics! Kelly Clarkson. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Grolix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. Maybe she'll learn how to TARDIS without a TARDIS. I wouldn't like that either. That's that's something that John Nathan Turner was trying to figure out. We'll figure it out because you know why? Because the TARDIS is a woman and means time travel is magical vagina power. Bam. Everything's solved.